0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate?
1: Welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast, where today we radiate loving kindness, one of my favorite things, with Douglas Charles Hodgson, who is the author of Transcendental Spirituality, Wisdom and Virtue, The Divine Virtues and Treasures of the Heart, and his newest book, which is Spiritual Revelations from Beyond the Veil, What Humanity Can Learn from the Near-Death Experience. And also the upcoming book later this year of 2024, Near-Death Experiences and Sacred Scripture, The Parallel Messaging. Wow. Douglas, this is going to be such an interesting talk because I think I am fascinated with this subject. Thank you so much for joining me today.
2: It's my pleasure to uh, join you and your listeners, Christy. I'm very much looking forward to sharing my research findings on the NDE uh, with you.
1: Wow. wow. And it is really early where you are now, isn't it? You're in Perth, Australia? That's yes, the-
2: it's about 6 a.m., So it's the opposite side of the world. So it's a a 13 or 14 hour time difference.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. We talked a bit before we started recording about you being a very international citizen. (laughs) All right. Okay. So near-death experiences. Why were you interested in the near-death experience?
2: Well, the first reading I did on the NDE was in and around 1990. When I was working at the University of Western Australia, and I was in the general library and I picked up a book by Dr. Raymond Moody entitled Life After Life. And once I picked it up, I couldn't put it down. I was totally captivated and fascinated by what I read. And I've always regarded myself as a spiritual person, and it very much resonated with me. But being a, a busy university academic, I really didn't have that much time for personal or hobby reading. So when I retired, I guess at the beginning of 2018 from full-time work, a whole new world opened up to me. And I began one of the first books I read when I retired was another book on the NDE by Dr. Aben Alexander called Proof of Heaven: a nice. Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Afterlife. And once again, I was just taken away with the account of Dr. Alexander, what he experienced in terms of what I would describe as a very deep NDE. So that triggered my ongoing interest and fascination with the phenomena. So I got onto the website of EANS. that's the acronym for the International Association for Near-Death Studies and they have a wonderful repository or archives of written accounts of the NDEers who have come back from the veil and want to share what they learned at the veil, the messaging, the revelations with humanity. So I began reading these accounts, and some of them were quite short, others very lengthy, but it seemed to me that there was a common thread running through all of them. I picked up common insights, themes, and messaging, and being a good university academic, I couldn't help myself, I began taking copious notes, and slowly but surely, these notes took chapter form, and I thought, hmm, I wonder, there could be a book in this, but I kept going, and I did encounter a number of NDE accounts where the light told the soul or the consciousness at the veil Now, you must return to your earthly body because your life mission is not yet finished. You must go back and complete your work on earth. And that is to share with humanity for its benefit all of the revelations, the divine knowledge and messaging that has been imparted to you by the light. And at that point, the penny dropped. I thought, I can be a mouthpiece some 500 indie ears who have actually cared enough about humanity to record their experiences in written form. So that's what prompted me to write Spiritual Revelations from Beyond the Veil, and it is hopefully for the benefit of humanity.
1: So you have been fascinated with this topic of near-death experience. Have you had one yourself or know anybody who did?
2: No, I haven't, Christy. I have never had a near-death experience, but I have had other experiences with the paranormal. Really? So, put it this way. As I get older, I consider myself less religious and more spiritual, but I still have profound respect for religion and the sacred scriptures, but I'm leaning to becoming a more spiritual person. But no, I've never had an NDE.
1: Right, not yet, but I don't know that we have to have the experience to experience the awe of it, right? We can have the awe of it without even knowing anybody who's had the experience.
2: Well, absolutely. I was very inspired by reading the accounts of the NDEers, and there's so much to learn from what they conveyed in their accounts. But there are problems, of course, in communicating what they experienced, because They come from an earthly point of view, their earthly experience. But what they experienced in the higher realms was the ultimate reality. And they all said that our earthly life, although it may seem real to us, is but a dream or an illusion in the world of spirit. And human language, a number of them said the experience, what they experienced was ineffable or indescribable. There are no words that can convey the richness or the full meaning of what they encountered. And one MD year said, it's a bit like trying to depict a magnificent sunset by drawing it in sand on the beach with a stick. It's just impossible. But they did their best in recording in written form their accounts. And I've done my best to be faithful to what they wrote and to put it objectively in my book uh, as best I can.
1: Now, I should add that Dr. Raymond Moody and Evan Alexander have both been guests on this show, and I quite enjoyed my conversations with them. They're lovely, lovely humans, and especially Dr. Alexander, I feel like he truly was transformed by his experience. It was a beautiful story and a beautiful experience.
2: Okay. Those are tough acts to follow, Christy. Those are tough acts for me to follow. But especially in Dr. Alexander's case, as a university-trained neurosurgeon, I think it's fair to say that he was a skeptic before he had his experience. Many medical researchers and scientists, they postulate that if it cannot be perceived with our five senses, if it cannot be touched or seen with the naked eye, it can't be real. It doesn't exist. And that observation or belief was firmly scotched by many, many of the NDEers that wrote about their experience. There's so much for us to learn about the world of the unseen. And up until now in human history, the world of the unseen has been largely unknowable. We know very little about it. But I think we're on the cusp or threshold of a new era of enlightenment for humanity. In which God or the source for a higher purpose, through in part the experiences of the to ears, is opening up this whole new world of the unseen, the non-physical or non-material realms of existence. And I'm reminded of a beautiful quotation from the Holy Quran, which I came across. It is to the effect that the world of spirit is one of the things, the knowledge of which is only with God. That humanity has only been given only a little knowledge thereof. But I believe that, as I said, is changing and changing very fast.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that we're all waking up at an exponential rate to Mm. much bigger truths, which actually came out in the last episode of this podcast. We talked about what's up for 2024 with a couple of very well-known psychics. And they both agreed that consciousness is taking a giant leap forward in 2024. And I think that the near-death experience and studying it, new books coming out, such as yours, help us to understand the impact of the near-death experience. So you don't have a background in this. You're a law professor.
2: No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. As I said, I've always been a, a religious slash spiritual person. Right. But as a law professor, my areas of expertise for human rights law and the law of causation Mm-hmm. But human rights, there are, there are significant parallels between the sacred scriptures of mainstream religion and human rights. And there are parallels with uh, the world of spirit, what the Indi Ears have brought back with them. And the law of causation, according to the Indy Ears, the law of karma is a universal law. So in a sense, it all ties together. But it wasn't until I retired, as I said, that I was able to pursue these other research interests and to tie them together. And my third book, which you mentioned, I think will close the loop on my entire research.
1: Wow. So how many near-death experiences have you spoken with?
2: Well, the research was all based on the written record. So in terms of the archives of the International Association for Near-Death Studies, I looked at over 500 written accounts. Wow. And as I said, the reason I wrote the book was I detected so many common themes or messaging that just it was beyond coincidence that all of these accounts were corroborating each other. So the messages are... don't even know
1: each other. People from completely different walks of life who are sharing the same experience.
2: Yes. It came from a very diverse background, but being an American website... I assume that most of the experiences were Western in nature. But people in the East have also had NDEs. And people of the indigenous populations of the world, they have also had near-death experiences. But my NDE accounts would mainly be drawn from a Western demographic. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Understandably so, because we have a kind of a common understanding, a common lexicon, etc., You know, speaking with Dr. Raymond Moody, he said that there were still some similarities between Western NDEs and from elsewhere in the world, although the experiences tend to be what we would expect to see at that moment of life. So very interesting. So what makes your book stand apart from the other books and the other wealth of knowledge on near-death experiences? I don't want to take too much of your time, but I would like to ask you a few simple favors. First of all, please rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. You know, it sounds like a simple little thing, and it is, but it has a huge impact for us because it helps other people find us in the podcasting algorithms. I don't know how it works, but I do know that it helps a lot. Next, if you would subscribe or follow wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you're listening, just hit subscribe or follow and that helps you and it helps us. It helps you because then you receive notifications when we have a new episode that's out. It helps us because again, algorithm, magic, I don't know what happens but it helps. And then finally, you can support our podcast in a tangible way by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast, and then click on support the show. Now we have a new feature too. We are now on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. You can also find the link to Patreon when you go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast. So on Patreon, for $3 a month or $5 a month, you can support your metaphysical and spiritual growth. You can learn about upcoming guests, and you can get early and ad-free versions of the shows. So please support us. This podcast is free for you to listen, but we have costs, and quite frankly, they come out of my pocket. So if you like this content, if you get a lot out of it, please see what you can do to give back. Thank you so much.
2: Well, that's a good question, Christy. Um, Many of the NDE books have been written by the NDEers themselves, and that's good, that's wonderful. But they concentrated solely on their experience and what was revealed to them. Others have been written from a religious perspective. And as I said earlier, mine was written from a spiritual perspective. Others were written from a philosophical perspective. Others were written from a medical or scientific point of view, or a historical point of view. Dr. Raymond Moody has traced the NDE experience back to antiquity, back to an ancient Greek soldier who had an out-of-body experience. But the relative uniqueness of my book is that it ties together in one treatise the observations or messaging of some 500 indie And I think that's significant because there are so many commonalities and similarities that it can't be accidental. They've all corroborated each other. And some of them have said, this has to be conveyed to humanity at this point in time. And that's why I'm so excited about the publication of this book.
1: I know, I know. Because you're right, the accounts that we receive... Eben Alexander's as well focus on their particular experience, but tying it all together, I think, really makes us sit up and take notice that yes, there are very many similarities that happen across the board. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you are familiar with David Ditchfield. He is also an author with Zero Books, part of Collective Inc., formerly known as John Hunt Publishing. But uh, David was a very famous near-death experiencer who was drug under a train. And when he came out of his experience, he was compelled to write music and to paint when he had never written or painted before. Mm -hmm. Susan, and he's been on my show two times. And then Susan Walter is a Kansas Cityan and dear friend. She's been on the show a couple of times as well, had two near-death experiences as a child and came out of that painting angels. We hear from many people who come out of near-death experiences with these new talents and gifts and a compulsion, kind of like we saw with Richard Dreyfuss in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a compulsion to create their experiences, Mm -hmm. Eben Alexander too, with creating the music that he experienced. What do you think that is about?
2: Well, I did uh, come across some written accounts that referred to that phenomenon. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
2: Relatively few, mind you, but some people said, as you just said, They had an insatiable appetite to express themselves through painting or through music. Others said that after their experience, they became spiritual healers or empaths, that they could intuitively feel what was going on emotionally and in terms of the lives of people they were talking to. It just came intuitively and they were able to heal, heal them through energy auras. They said that physical ailments in our bodies, they start on an energetic level, and they progress to our physical bodies. Another ear said, after my near-death experience, I had an insatiable appetite to learn and understand all of the laws of physics. And I might add that when we are out of our body, according to the ears, you can tap into the universal data structure, the universal consciousness. You enjoy varying levels of all-knowingness or omniscience. So out of the body, in the world of spirit, you are able to understand immediately very complex, complicated concepts that would take much longer for us on earth to grasp and comprehend. So as another Ear said, in the world of spirit, and this is quite reassuring, there is no such thing as a question without an accompanying answer. So you ask the light a question, and even before the thought question is formulated, bang, the answer is there, instantaneously, completely, clearly, fully, and nothing is lost in translation. Unlike the earthly realm, when we're often in our attempts to communicate with each other, There are miscommunications or stuff lost in translation. That does not happen in the higher realms, according to the NDEs. It's communication between soul consciousnesses at the basic, the most basic foundational level. A conveyance of thoughts, ideas, emotions, feelings, the core essence of who and what we truly are in the world of spirit.
1: Which is such a paradigm shift for us. We are so... Three dimensionally focused, so human centric, and mm-hmm. just to conceive of a way of communicating that is not with language, written or spoken. It's hard to understand and wrap our minds around.
2: In fact, one Ear asserted in their account that in the future of humanity, there will be no need for oral or written communication. It will all be telepathic, as it is in the, well, quasi telepathic in the world of spirit.
1: Okay, say more about that. What do you mean quasi-telepathic?
2: Well, it's hard to explain. I have a chapter in it in my book. It's not quite telepathic in nature. Telepathic means you can intercept the thoughts of someone. But as I said, it goes much deeper. It's communication between the core essences of each soul or consciousness. It's an exchange of thoughts, ideas, even memories. Even experiences. So it goes beyond what we would call telepathic in the earthly realm. That's about the best way I can answer it, Christy.
1: Right. Well, part of my practice, because I'm a healer, a hypnotherapist, and I'm a medium, part of my work is hypnosis that takes us to other lifetimes, other dimensions, allows us to speak with the higher consciousness. And so many times in these sessions, people might go to what we would consider future or even between dimensions. And they talk about communication being, it's just inside my head. They're telling me something and it's just inside my head. They don't have to use words. They don't have to move their mouth or anything like that. It's just, I think it and it's transmitted. So in a way we don't even have to get to the near-death experience part of it to experience this other consciousness and this form of living and communication. I don't know. I feel like this is, Actually, coming to us. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yes, I think it is too, according to the end of ears. Yeah. The, um, when you're out of your body and in the world of spirit, you attain elevated awareness. Your perception increases. You think much more quickly and with much more clarity. Your consciousness expands. Our soul consciousness is eternal and infinite, according to the end of ears. Now, that's the world of spirit. We're not there yet in the earthly realm, but it could well be, as you say, that we are in a consciousness-raising era of humanity. And who knows how long that will take. But if it's anything like the world of spirit, according to the ND ears, it's a fascinating future that humanity will have in the coming years. But we have a few problems on earth to get through, I think, before that happens.
1: Well, you know, and this brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up with you, Douglas, is that the episode is titled Radiate Loving Kindness. Can you explain a bit why you chose loving kindness as the theme?
2: Yes. The fundamental lesson, according to the ND ears, as to why we're here on earth is to learn about love. It's all about love. I know that's a very trite statement, but it's true, according to these 500 NDEers. But it's about unconditional love, the highest, the purest form of love, the love that attaches no strings to its flow, a love that is for all that is, a love that is the same regardless of the circumstances, a love that does not differentiate between the objects of the manifestation of that love. So we are here on Earth, according to the NDEers, to learn about what unconditional love is and also to expand our capacity for it, to understand how much God loves us and to serve God by serving others. And how do we serve others? Well, materially, of course, giving them food and shelter. But we also have to do that spiritually. That's a form of charity spiritual. We have to impart unconditional love in our daily experiences. And it's not just to human beings. It's to all sentient beings, including the animal world. Because as I say in my book, we are all in an interconnected oneness. And I can go into that later if you wish. But essentially, when we harm others, we harm ourselves. So we must manifest that love To others. Another fundamental lesson that the NDEers learned is that what we consider on earth to be important for us personal fame, notoriety, wealth, material wealth, power these are all important things to many of us. But in the world of spirit, these things are irrelevant, they're superficial and insignificant. So what is relevant? It's how we treated others during our earthly incarnation. And we don't have to be huge philanthropists. We don't have to be great authors who have written many books on spirituality. As one of the years said, affording small kindnesses to others is what counts. Feeding a stray cat, holding open a door for an elderly person, is leaving the shopping center and struggling with their shopping bags. These are what we might consider trivial acts, but in the world of spirit, they are considered small kindnesses. And indeed, going back to the Holy Quran, there's a chapter entitled The Small Kindnesses. And as one endear year said, these small kindnesses are regarded in the world of spirit as profound manifestations of love They mean so much to God, and this is why we are here. We are here also to learn, to learn about divine knowledge. We are here to enjoy life, to live our lives to the full. Well, how can we do that if we're constantly beating ourselves up about our past mistakes or worrying about the future, how we are going to pay the bills? I mean, these are real concerns for all of us, but they cannot let us completely control our lives. As the end of years have said, we must have self-esteem. We must love ourselves, not in a narcissistic sense, but in a compassionate sense. Because if we respect ourselves and stay away from substance abuse and try to manifest love towards others, it'll be much easier for us to see the goodness in God in others and to let the light and energy of God into our soul hearts. So it's the manifestation of what I would call loving kindness that is the paramount lesson that we have been sent here to learn. And really nothing else matters, according to the Indie ears.
1: You know, I find this in the hypnosis sessions that I conduct as well. The higher self always comes through and says it's about love, just love. Love, 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 love. That's what it's about. So let me ask you this. What do you think the end game is in all of this? We're getting glimpses from hundreds of thousands of NDEers. We're all on the spiritual awakening path. What do you think is the end game of it?
2: Well, I think here is where there is a correlation between religion and the NDE messaging. If you look at Hinduism, the end game is absorption, total absorption into the light, into Brahman or the Supreme Deity. But it's reached through a rather lengthy and arduous process of countless incarnations, either on planet Earth or in other extraterrestrial, material, or physical realms of existence, or often in unseen realms of existence. But as the end of years say, reincarnation or transmigration of the soul is a universal law. And unless we're a very exceptional soul, all of us take many, many lifetimes to learn all of the lessons and get it right. So as you pointed out, Christine, I agree with this. We are all on the same spiritual pathway to God towards ultimate communion with or absorption into the light in which we are one with God. And all of our desires, cravings, graspings at that point cease. But all of us are at different spiritual levels. And the whole purpose of these incarnations, whether it's on earth or elsewhere, is to progress or elevate the soul or consciousness, to learn and to graduate from the so-called earthly university of life and that's the goal and how do you do that well you embrace the divine virtues that i wrote about in my former book transcendental spirituality you live by the 36 divine virtues or universal ethical principles which i identified and in that book these universal ethical principles or the ethereal mortar that bind together this religious diversity. So, underlying this religious diversity, there is a basic or foundational unity. And this unity is referred to in my spiritual revelations from beyond the veil. But the end ears do not call them universal ethical principles, they do not call them divine virtues. They refer to them as examples of positive energy, and the most powerful energy in the universe is unconditional love, the energy of God or the source that runs through, connects, and animates everything and everyone. But there are other divine virtues to live by, and if I can recite them briefly, loving kindness, hence the title of our episode, loving kindness, compassion charity to others, being truthful to others and to oneself, being peaceful and contented within oneself, being simple like a child, being patient, being forgiving, having gratitude and joy. Uh, One of the ears said that joy and gratitude are two of the highest vibrational energies. So if you embrace that positive energy or the divine virtues, you will progress on the evolutionary path into what the Jains in India call the ascending heavens. And I might add that if you study Islam, you will find that Muslims believe that there are seven heavens, seven levels of heaven, not just one heaven. And that was confirmed by a couple of NDE accounts. Conversely, if I may finish off, you can choose through your free will to embrace negative energy in your life and if you do you will be held accountable at the soul level for that embracing of the negative energy ultimately in your life review and that will play out with have negative impacts on your karma and your future incarnations so a few of the main examples of negative energy to avoid is anger aggression, hatred, fear. Many of us fear living. Others fear dying, the death of our body. But as many of the ND years say, fear is human error. It's an earthly construct. There is no need to fear because our soul consciousness is eternal. It's infinite. It survives the death of our physical body and a beautiful afterlife is awaiting us. We find fault with others that's a really bad human habit. Each day, all of us, either consciously or unconsciously, are finding fault with others. But as one being of light told the end of the year, the lesson here is to look for the goodness in other people. And of course, not to harm others. Not to harm other human beings or other sentient beings, because we are all interconnected. And when we harm others, we are harming our own soul consciousness. And one final observation or insight I'd like to share with you and your viewers that draws everything together on this is that they said that all religion, all of the world's mainstream religions are but a vain attempt to express a simple eternal truth that we should all live by. And that is the so-called golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I concede that this message is a very simple one. In the world of spirit, everything is simple and logical. It is the human beings which tend to overcomplicate these things. But living out the message on earth is difficult. We are all under pressure. We all have bills to pay, family disputes to try to navigate through. Life is not easy, and that's conceded by the end of ears existence in the earthly plane isn't easy, but it's not intended to be. Any problems and challenges, trials and tribulations that we have, that is all for a higher purpose. When we face challenges and problems in our lives, we shouldn't complain. We should adopt a more positive attitude. We should consider them as opportunities to learn and to grow our soul. And as one end of said, try to discern the particular life lessons that you were sent here to learn. Look at your problem or your challenge. So am I to discern from this situation that I must become a more loving and kind person, more patient? Have I not forgiven? Do I have to engage in radical forgiveness? Do I have to learn how to become a better listener and to listen to the problems of others, to be more empathetic? So that is how we embrace positive energy and try to mitigate as best we can the influences of the negative energy in our lives. And that will progress our soul.
1: You know, I do see that as like weightlifting at the gym, that we get stronger through those types of trials, that the goal is to be more loving and more kind and more generous and more compassionate. But I do feel like sometimes these minor setbacks, have the potential to lift us up to the next level of that. Or because we have free will, and that must reign supreme, we can choose to become bitter. But that's not where the growth lies.
2: No. As another NDEer said, what we are experiencing in this lifetime may be attributable to unresolved problems and relationships in previous lifetimes. So it could be some of our negative karma that we have yet to burn off. And of course, this is all for a higher purpose, to graduate to the next level. And another end of year said, how we live our lives in this earthly incarnation will directly influence our future incarnations. So that's something to keep in mind. The quality of life that we lead here will affect the quality of life that we have in our future incarnations. And again, that is a Hindu belief. Mm -hmm. So we have a Hindu beliefs squaring consistently with what the Indy ears are saying.
1: Yeah, you cannot make this up. (laughs) All of this information is there for us in plain sight, whether we choose to buy into it or not, whether we choose to listen to it and follow it or not. It's it's not a secret. It's out there. Now, I do want to touch on this book that you have coming up in August, The Near-Death Experience and Sacred Scripture, The Parallel Messaging. Are you at liberty to say anything about that book yet, or do you have to wait until it's published?
2: No, I, I'm happy to uh, tell you and your listeners a few things about it, Christy.
1: And I want you to come back when that book is released. But oh, I'd
2: be delighted to. That'd be It'd, lovely. Would be my absolute pleasure. But it's being released in August by the same publisher, Mm -hmm. and as I said, it kind of closes the loop. My first book was on transcendental spirituality, wisdom, and virtue, and it's exclusively religious, looking at the religious exhortations of the 12 of the world's mainstream religions. My second book, which has been the centerpiece of our episode today, is from a completely non-religious perspective a completely spiritual perspective. My next book, coming out in August, The Near-Death Experience and Sacred Scripture, The Parallel Messaging, draws everything together. It closes a loop. It highlights, it examines and highlights the synchronicities and similarities between what can be found in the world's sacred scriptures, some of which have been around for 5,000 years, and what the ND Ears have brought back with them from beyond the veil. And again, I followed roughly the same chapters as I did in spiritual revelations. But, you know, for example, on earth, we are used to linear time. There's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But in the world of spirit, there's no such thing as linear or sequential time. It's only the present. But the present in the world of spirit includes everything that has ever happened and everything that will ever happen. So in the world of spirit, It's all happening in the eternal now, simultaneously. And you can find religious scripture that backs this up. For example, from the New Testament, uh, in the the second letter of Peter. So, with the Lord, a thousand years is a day, and a day a thousand years. And you can look at Hindu scripture that says that God or Brahman is above time. It looks at interconnectedness and oneness, the scriptural basis for that. The only area, the only significant area which seems to diverge is if you look at the Abrahamic religions, we tend to be, according to them, judged on a reward-punishment basis for how we've lived our lives on earth. But the end of years come back from a consistently different message, that we all have the so-called life review, and we are not judged by God because God is the energy of unconditional love. And unconditional love, by definition, cannot judge or condemn. It is we who judge or self-assess, because we are our harshest critic. And we are helped in that life review by the light, by God or a messenger or a being of light. And that light helps us to see how we can improve, how we can do better the next time, how we can evolve our soul consciousness. So it's not judgmental or condemnatory. It is a self-realization. And again, there are parallels with Buddhism and Hinduism, the notion of self-realization. So my next book draws it all together. And hopefully some people will be interested in uh, pursuing those parallels and synchronicities.
1: I'm interested in following those parallels and synchronicities. So Mm. (laughs) it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So this book that's coming out later focuses more on the Eastern religions than the so-called Western religions. Um, Well, it
2: includes both, Christy. It includes the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, uh, Zoroastrianism from ancient Persia, Baha'i, from India, uh, Jainism, Sikhism, Hinduism and Buddhism, from China, Confucianism and Taoism. And there's some great scriptural passages from Taoism. I'll share one of them with you. And this passage has also been replicated in the NDE accounts, that life is a venturing forth. Death is a returning home. So we venture forth in our earthly incarnation to learn. When our physical body expires, and our soul leaves our body, we return home to the ultimate reality to our real home, the heavenly realms. So again, there are distinct parallels between Taoism and the n d e messaging, and I also have a, a separate chapter on the so-called ultimate reality that is the true or the greater reality. So on earth, when we dream at night and we wake up in the morning, we say to ourselves, "My dream wasn't real." it was an illusion. My earthly reality is the only reality. But according to the Indi Ears, when you enter the world of spirit, that is the supreme or the ultimate reality. An earthly life is a dream or an illusion, what is called in Hinduism, Maya. So again, I point out that similarity in my next book coming out in August.
1: Where can we find the books that you have out so far?
2: Well, all three books are available on Amazon uh, USA. They can be purchased not
1: out in... for a while though, right?
2: Well, okay. no, my first two books are already out, but my next book coming out will be released probably in August or September on Amazon, available through Kindle, most online booksellers, bricks and mortar bookshops, um, Walmart, I think, carries it. Indie Bound, Hive, Barnes & Noble, your readers will have no difficulty accessing. And actually, through my publisher, zerobooks.com, the books can be purchased. It's
1: wonderful. All places where fine books are sold. And <laughs> the titles of the books, again, are Spiritual Revelations from Beyond the Veil, which is your newest book in publication. And then Transcendental Spirituality, Wisdom and Virtue, The Divine Virtues and Treasures of the Heart, which was your first book. And then you've got your third one coming out in August, Near Death Experiences and Sacred Scripture, The Parallel Messaging. Such an important message in all of this, Douglas. I really feel like this is essential for us to grasp now. As we're moving into uh, higher dimensions and higher realms, it's essential for us to understand this and live in such a way as we're we're expressing the true values and uh, the true nature of who we are.
2: I agree, Christine. Many people are writing in these areas now. It's really encouraging to see so many light workers out there, and we still have so so much to learn. But this is a good place to begin. The, the sacred scriptures. The NDE accounts, and slowly but surely, inexorably, the collective human consciousness is expanding.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about all of these very important things. And I do want you to come back on the release of your newest book, and we'll talk about that, take a little bit deeper dive into it. Sound- Fantastic.
2: I'd be absolutely delighted to. Christy, my pleasure.
0: Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.